Diddle-a-dum-dum, British Strongman Podcast. So, it's been a couple of weeks since I've spoken to you, Shane. Let's have a bit of a catch-up. How are you doing, mate? So, tell me a little bit about what's next for you with your... What's been going on with your business? What What's next for you with your business? What uh, I see you you going down a few different avenues with your business and that. Would you um, be able to talk about it? Because I'm really... Yeah, well, basically... Basically, right. The, the the basic thing is, is for me as a like person, I've uh, always been all in on stuff, and for the last kind of like year and a half, maybe two years, I've been juggling this thing of like being an athlete, which requires like so much effort, time, and you know what I mean. You know, you know, you know the lifestyle. It's it's, it's hard, especially when you're trying to like push yourself to lifts that realistically haven't been done very frequently at your body weight and you know it's just like it's a tough tough task so balancing that with the business um recently has been well not recently like probably two years has been like a bit of a, a challenge and as time's gone by I've just kind of like wanted to I, kind of, I don't know I've kind of like I, think, I guess I found a hobby that I prefer more than lifting is the best way to explain it and it used to be like I'd be doing certain things and then thinking about training and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do this in my business, but I can only do an hour or two because if I do more than that, I won't be able to train that day. So I'll only do this. And you know what I mean? And it kind of held my business back. And then recently, last kind of six to eight weeks, I've just been thinking to myself, you know, I really want to just push my business. So what I've decided to do is all the ideas and stuff that I have in my head that I've wanted to do that I haven't done because it would stop me training. I just started doing and then accepted the fact that I'm going to take a bit of a break off training. I'm still going to go to the gym and do stuff, but um, I needed to separate my two hobbies into just prioritizing one, if that made sense. Yeah. Um, so the things that I'm working on at the moment is we've got a clothing line coming out. We've just ordered a load of T-shirts, deadlift socks, wrist wraps, uh, elbow cuffs. Basically everything that you can fucking do, we've ordered. Uh, we've also getting a, a first supplement designed for a supplement brand that we're going to be using or selling. We've just had a delivery today, literally today, of all the log pads oh, wow. and, and dumbbell drop pads. So we're going to be posting them out to the guys that have done the pre-order and then so, oh, well, so so can you can you give us a bit of uh, details on the on the log pads for people who haven't seen your insta story so log pads details and then uh, details about the, the dumbbell drop pads because i've i don't know anything about the dumbbell drop pads i haven't seen any details on them yet so yeah so basically the the log pad idea just came from the fact that you need to buy something to drop your log on and a lot of people buy they just get tires or the next best option is uh, kind of tackle pads, rugby tackle pads. And um, they're quite expensive considering mm. they're not specific to what you're actually using them for. And because they're not designed for log, after a while, they, I mean, they probably last, they're not a bad investment in tackle pads. They last like a year, I'd say, uh, of like decent use. But to me, that's, you know, when you're spending 350, 400 quid on a set of pads, I think it should last longer than that. Yeah. Um, and I've gone through 
in my five years of owning a gym, I've gone through four sets of tackle pads. And that's what kind of made me... Uh, so so to, to put it into context for people, these, like the Rhino tackle pads, I've got two pairs of the they're great, but like like Shane says, like after constant use, the, what happens to them, the rhino ones, is they they feel great to start off with, and then after you use them, they just they sink down. So when you're getting to the point where I imagine you're doing, say, you know, like even if you go over like hundred, like they start to sink, and then if yeah. you're getting up to like one twenty, one thirty, one forty, like you you the logs you start position changes over the course of the as the weight goes up which is obviously off-putting and then you'll find that one of them like wears more than the other over time so you'll you'll be starting off usually wonky with them which don't get me wrong they're absolutely brilliant and they're great for dropping overhead um but to put it into context how much are they shaving about 200 quid each about yeah i think if you get usually they have like some kind of sale on so mm. if you're lucky you can get them for like 150 or something yeah sure i paid like 300 pound for the pair which by the way like is like the investment was completely worth it for how much use i've got out of them there's so much better yeah like i said i bought over the years i bought a couple of different sets so they're definitely yeah. worth it but the problem for me was that's really the only option and yeah. it's not and it's not perfect. So um that's why right. I designed on the, the drop pads so that the, the foam is like the most stiff, expensive foam you can get. Like it literally will not move. Um and and like the mirror fit, the mirror fit pads are all right to be fair, but the problem with them is they're too short. Um so you know, you know what I mean? The the blocks that they're almost like they're not they're not designed specifically for logs. So they're kind of like a jump on box, like the plyo box that people use for logging on. So it's only about 50 centimeters wide. Um, and again, like if you drop the log behind you or you do a bit of a dodgy split jerk and you have to go running or whatever, you're not going to land on the uh, the pads. So it was kind of like just basically the idea of getting something specific for strongman. So it's got the, the, the height of the pickup I've been playing with for ages so that it's I've got guys that are obviously quite tall and then myself it's quite short so I've kind of been playing with these different pickup heights that work for everyone so I feel pretty confident that unless you're a freak and you're like within seven foot or something it's probably going to be the perfect pickup height for you um, and the, the pickup height is not going to change throughout the use we've been abusing our set for six, seven months now and it is exactly the same as day one which is another thing I'm happy with. Uh, we've got gripping material on them so that they don't move. Well, they, they, there's still the potential for them to move around depending on the, the flooring they're on. But they're a lot more yeah. grippy than any of the pads. So it, it, it won't... It basically, if they if they move, every pad's going to move. So there's no way it really went around it. But it just kind of helps, like, doing a set of 10 or whatever floats over and it'll just help it not be, like, twisted everywhere. And then... Yeah, that, that's it really to be honest with them. It was just basically, and we're gonna be we're gonna be selling them for roundabouts the same, but well, basically the same price as what the Rhino pads cost. Uh, but you get delivery included as well. because uh, the Rhino pads will slap 50 quid on once you once you check out for delivery. So it works out even more expensive for them. So what, what's the cost chain? At the moment, if you if you order now, it's 300 pounds delivered to your house for, for two for a full set. 
yeah, that's fucking good. In the UK only, though, at the moment we're doing because they're just they're just too big to ship. It. I mean, if somebody wants to pay the shipping, then yeah. we'll ship them wherever. But um, you know, the it's an expensive thing to ship because it's so big. Yeah, and um, so as a consumer, not just a mate like Shane's mate, like um, I'll vouch for these pads and the great. And it may seem to the people listening who who maybe use tires or use like some kind of free setup that they can they can get together or blocks or whatever. Um, you, it might sound like it's really expensive, but if you're really invested in your, improving your log, um, then it's such a brilliant investment. And it's an absolute, to, to be honest, right, the, the guys that I coach um, who want to improve overhead, say their overhead's lagging and they want to specialize in overhead and whatnot, one of the f- first um, kind of things that I give them in the program is to get a setup on the stuff that we can train frequently, the barbell, the axle, the log, the dumbbell, where they can eliminate the eccentric. So basically something where they can drop from overhead. I see so many people getting so strong, but they're just holding themselves back with this, the skill acquisition element because the lowering every rep down to the shoulders and then back down to the ground. And if you're doing that, yeah, you're going to get uh, strong through the eccentric and stuff and build muscle, blah, 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 blah. But if you're doing the eccentric on every rep of like a skill exercise, like an overhead lifting, um, you're really holding yourself back. So if you're, <clears throat> if you're listening to this um, and thinking you, you train log and you always do it to blocks, you are, I would go as far as to say you are really limiting your potential because uh, if you don't have a setup where you can just, where you can get, get it up overhead and then just fucking drop it uh, and ditch it. Because if you just think about it, you're just going to be, the, the lifts that we make, if you're doing max log or you're, say you're doing max log in a comp, the eccentric does not matter whatsoever. It's about the concentric skill and strength that you can display from lifting the weight from the floor to overhead. Um, so basically if you you have this setup, like say for instance, using axle on the bumper plates where you can drop it or onto drop pads or weightlifting platform, dumbbell, so you can drop it onto the drop pads. You're going to be able to get in any given session, in any given like say hour of training, you are going to be able to get more reps in if you eliminate the eccentric, what would you say? What do, do you agree, Shane? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I'm talking specifically. I'm not saying eccentric phase. What wouldn't be useful for overhead? Yeah, yeah first the skill because you're gonna you're gonna avoid if you do a skill session, you want to recover from it, well, don't you? you don't want yeah, to, exactly. I'm just want to impede the next session too because you've got DOMS because you've done all these eccentrics. Um, so yeah, exactly. So we, we've got that solution with the the tackle pads, but. But this is just um, an, an even better solution. Um, yeah, my, my, my idea with it is all the people that have bought tackle pads, this is my fear in my head. Because I'm doing this to make money as a business, but also, you know, the things that I'm doing are things that I want to see. Like, I want to be able to sit back in five years and, like, when I, like, look at the sport of strongman online, that's my, my thing is that I want to see people using my kit, basically. That's kind of like, you know, helping the sport, helping athletes, yeah, but that's why with the with the with the uh, drop pads. To be fair, there's not there's not much money in it. To be fair, because 
if I'd have used the cheap, because this is the thing, right? When you get into like looking at foam types and stuff, every time I see uh, tackle pads and drop pads, and stuff, I look at the foam now because you can literally spend um, 200 quid on foam to make them tackle pads, or you can spend 30 quid. And obviously, the 30 quid is the cheaper type that's not going to last, going to buckle, it's going to dent, it's going to, you know, but then you'd make all this money profit. Uh, but then we didn't really want to do that because the product would be would be shite. And the idea is to release something that, like I say, it's, it's kind of a terrible business model, really. I wanted people to buy my log drop pads and not really know how long they're going to last. I'm hoping they'll last like five plus years, which, yeah. you know, means they're not going to rebuy them. But that, that's that's kind of like the, the idea of the product is I want it to like, someone buy it for the home gym, for example, yeah. and they never have to buy anything again to, to drop the... the yeah, Mate, mate, I get, I get it completely, and I see it because obviously I know know you better than most people listening, and I know that say the the profit that you do make, you're just gonna fucking reinvest it in stock anyway. Yeah, like, just go back in. Like, like the idea of what what we're kind of both doing is like we we both want to just make the sport better, and if you could get if if you could break even but get your log pads to fucking. 100 people throughout the UK who are fucking buzzing about it. Like, that's what you're going to do, isn't it? Yeah, and the difference with the dumbbell drop pad, weirdly, is um, when we were testing everything, the thing I wanted is I wanted you to be able to drop your dumbbell and it just, like, boom, get absorbed. Because, obviously, yeah. the worst thing as a gym owner is when you're, um, or even if you're at your home, whatever it is, you drop your dumbbell and it bounces off the pad, lands on your patio or lands on the astro upside down, so we needed to get a foam that uh, didn't have any bounce. So weirdly, with the dumbbell one, the cheapest, most you know, shit foam is the best foam to use because it's almost like a sofa cushion. And that's where, because so yeah. I use sofa cushions at yours, and that's the best thing I've ever dropped a dumbbell on. It just takes the dumbbell. Yeah. So I was wanting to replicate that, but again, people who are designing these products that, that for drop pads and that, they don't actually. They're not specifically designed for a dumbbell. So they actually go with slightly better foam, uh, but then it causes the bounce. Bouncy, yeah. So the dumbbell drop pad is going to be pretty cool because it's we, we can make it really cheap because it doesn't have the greatest foam in it, so it doesn't cost that much for us. Yeah. That means we can sell it cheap, so it means it's going to be really cheap to buy. Um, and I think that's going to be a really good investment. Whether or not you'll be able to use it for stones and stuff, I imagine you will. Um, but I'm, I'm getting one to test um, at the end of this week slash start next week. So I'm going to test what I think it's like best used for. Um, and then I'm going to have a play because at the moment it's just for the dumbbell, but <clears throat> it probably does have multi-use, but we've literally made it for a dumbbell. Um so yeah, and then what else have we got coming? Oh, then the only other thing that I'm working on, the thing that's taken up most of my time is uh, MST box going really well. Loads of good feedback on it. We've got loads of people on it now, but there's a couple of flaws in the system. So I'm uh, investing in an app that is specific to MST bot, uh, which is going to be fucking amazing. It's like about a six month project, but the idea of the app is that the user can download the app. They, 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 they sign up to the subscription, which is going to be roughly £30 a month, so it'll be a little bit more expensive, about five or more than what you pay for MST Bot now. Um, but you're going to get access to, basically, your, your login, 
and then it'll be like build you can click build program and then what you're going to be able to do is build an mst systems approved program with all the detail that's in mst but at the moment but what you're going to be able to do is select what phases and what you want to work on yourself instead of having to go through the phases in order that i have wrote so at the moment the big floor in MST bot is, oh, I want to work on my axle. Well, this phase of the training that you're getting through True Coach is log. So I can't change that unless I were to go in and manually do it, which the whole idea of it is it's kind of automated. Um, so I don't and do and that. that's what, like, the cost is reflected in that, isn't it? That's why it's such a, an affordable thing for everybody, isn't it? Uh, because, yeah. Because of the automation. Yeah, so, so the app is basically going to solve that. And what people are going to be able to do is on the deadlift day, they're going to be able to click deadlift and then they'll basically see all these training phases with descriptions of what they'll get out of them. So it might be like a skill acquisition phase where you're just building positions. It might be an isometric, eccentric, you know, whatever you can pick, whatever, but you can specifically design it to your own needs. So if you know you need to work on your log dip mechanics, when you click your log program, you'll be able to select this one because it works on, you know, press from the chest and dip strength as, as priority. Uh, and then once you build it all together, it will get collated into a program that will get popped into another section of the app that you can access and fill out very similar to True Coach because I quite like the True Coach system of like logging exercise history and stuff for the client. So we're kind of building that in. Obviously, I won't be able to see that because the goal is that I don't look at the client's programs, but this is for the client themselves so that if they have a program in six months time of deadlift they can look back at the history of what they got on the rep maxes and stuff and and just collate it so we're working on that that's going to be a couple of that's going to be like half a year maybe eight months i've got, I've got an idea of what you can do uh, for that shane um for to to like an offer like an upsell another layer of service more value or whatever what you could do is you could you could get like um say, have uh, where the client can book like a consult with an MST, appro MST systems approved coach. So like say for instance, Curtis or Flash or whatever. And then they book in a consult, say over like this, what we're doing, you know, like Zoom um, where they can both see the screen in front of them. And then they can have the coach, they can pay for the coach's time, like a one-to-one -one session or whatever. Um, to basically build the program with them, you know, for the, for yeah. the phase. So they could have like the coach working with them on this consult, an hour session every whatever, eight to 12 weeks. <clears throat> and then they could build the, the program together. What do you think about that? Yeah, this, yeah the, the thing is with this is it's like, there's so many opportunities with it, like you say, to, to do stuff. And Someone told me something a long while ago, you know, but for people listening that are coaches and stuff, this is one of the best advices I got, or if, even if you're just in business. Someone told me, like, instead of looking at doing stuff to make money or to, like, change anything in my life, look at, like, make an impact on what you love and what you're wanting to do and, and look at setting goals to make... Um, changes in the right direction in like the sport i'm in for example yeah and um, put that first as top priority and put money or profit last and since I've, i took that approach about a year ago 
I probably accidentally made four times more money than I fucking would have done if I didn't because, like I say, with the log pads, it was more about getting the pad out to the consumer at a cheap, affordable price. And, um, you know, we've not really made any money on them yet, but once they start selling, hopefully, in, over the next year, I'm hoping to, like, drip feed, I don't know, one a week maybe, I don't fucking know, but whatever, you know. I, well, if, even though there's not that much money in them, because of the effect I'm going to have on the sport and the people I'm, I'm hoping that it'll just allow more people to buy them and if I can get multiple products out yeah to help the sport you know that's not because I would never have released a dumbbell drop pad really it's, it sounds fucking random but I was like well people need them so even, even if that, I sell that's it it's like it's like for instance like you you come and train at mine which like obviously it's like a fucking awesome equipped facility for for strongman um but it's like where and and you, you look at some of the other stuff and it's like it's all nice and we've got like fancy bars, fancy plates, fancy logs, big selection of everything. But then the best thing that we're picking, we're all picking when we're training dumbbell, is like a fucking wanky, disgusting cushion with like a, a mat duct tape to it because it's like the best thing. Yeah. In terms of in, in terms of um, performance, isn't it? Like. Like, yeah, so, so the, there's a de- there's a definite gap gap there, isn't there? Um, what about you though, Joshua? And that's pretty much all the things I'm doing. I noticed that you you were on a you were on a Facebook thing about uh, 105s. Are you is that something that you've you've taken on now, or was that just a cheeky message you put? No, it's just uh, just Luke Luke messaged me yesterday saying that um, saying about the. The 105 sneak like Craig Craig's maybe giving it up or whatever, um, and that would we like would we fancy doing it or whatever, um, and yeah, I think think it'd be great, wouldn't it? Like just like we, we've got everything like we've got everything that we need. We don't need to. Is it something you, you you're considering then? You you got the time and everything to to do it. Well, yeah, like. Like really, the the under eighties comp that we've made because because basically it's a it's like this network, isn't it? It's the network of people, or the network of bringing people together. That's what I seem to be good at in terms yeah. of like it's not necessarily the running of the day. Like I didn't even fucking do it on the day because I had like people doing doing their individual jobs and stuff who were a lot better at, better than me at those specific jobs. So I seem to be good at getting people like rallied together in terms of networking and stuff like that. So like for me, like, like you say, oh, Zick, like it's not, it's not that much effort. Like I, I know that I, I wouldn't have to put too much effort in and too much time to, to, cool. to put on like a, well, a fucking absolutely awesome show. Like we've, like we've proved with the, the under eighties thing and, Think quite a few people may have been surprised with how good the under eighties the whole thing was. Where yeah, and the fact that it's on official, it was on official strongman. I bet the yeah, one off. That's it, and they got those links, and then, and then uh, I don't know if uh, I told you, but like um, spoke to Lynn who does uh, the official strongman games, and um, he he was like, <sighs> I felt really cheeky asking him about the qualifying spot initially. And then he was like, yeah, you can have the qualifying spot, but they have to finish in podium, blah, 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 blah. And then he's seen, obviously, the, the footage of what we've done. And I said, oh, the, 
the qualify the the guys who finished on the podium have already qualified for OSG. Would there be because of the caliber of the 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 competition? It's like not been seen before. Okay, <coughs> um, do you think you'd consider letting us letting us letting it roll down? And then I said about I gave like a bit of a profile of say, I think it was Andy Smiles and. Um, well, Andy Flash and Dean uh, were the people underneath, weren't they? And they'd all already previously competed, maybe twice. At yeah. So I think Andy's definitely done one. I don't know if he's done two. Flash and Dean have done two, I believe. Yeah, that's it. So, and the, so the guys that finish it in fifth, fifth and sixth um, were like we've got we've got the we've got those like an invite to the OSG. So that's good. So basically, this I think. Seven out of the top ten have got invitations for official strongman games. Um, that's brilliant. That's really good, and that just shows the standard as well uh, yeah. on the day, doesn't it? That, um, yeah, it's fucking. It's, it's absolutely awesome. That's really well, good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing. But like, say, say that the model that we've that we've that we use for that, like. I think a big thing, Shane, is like is like the, the prize money thing is like it's just so easy for me to put up a prize pot because like I've kind of got a network that I can really like I know that I'm not going to be spending loads I don't, it's not going to cost me a load of money to put on a show do you know what I mean that's what I mean what did it what did I say it cost me for the the Brit, Britons under 80s 31 quid I think it was 31 quid I spent on that comp um which that's a big big barrier for some promoters isn't it like they, they they have to spend a load of money on they have to in terms of breaking even and stuff where is it where yeah is they're, they're, they're not thinking of, they're not going into running a show thinking about how they can make it better than the last show they're always thinking right how many t-shirts do you sell how much can i spend on trophies how much you know, there's always money worries with the comp and I think if you eliminate the money, yeah, then you can just focus on like, right, what I'll do it fucking better than last time. If you just like, it's kind of it's kind of going back to what I got told before. If you just focus on a different thing but money, like you just focus on running the best show possible, yeah, you'll probably end up if you put the effort in, and even if you don't have like two other people listening, if you want to run a comp, if you don't have a network, be a cheeky comp. This is this is another thing I've learned over the years is. Go into some local businesses and, and just ask people like like um, I think it was Lucy Unders maybe it might have been somebody else I, think, I feel like it was Lucy I might be wrong though but she got uh, a bit of prize pot uh, help uh, with a deadlift prep I believe off of like a random car garage or it might have been somebody else actually I'm getting confused I've been Mitch actually it was Mitch Flowers but whatever uh, he, he just went around and asked these local companies and. Um, you know, he got like a fucking car garage or something, said, oh, yeah, we'll give you a couple hundred quid and these are the people just to get like a bit of a banner. And that does two things. The banner looks good, you know, around a competition and you got sponsors and stuff. And then you get, as soon as you get 300, 400 quid, oh, that's all the money worries taken away. You know, because realistically, how much are you going to spend on T-shirts and trophies, you know, that, that's going to work? Uh, you know, take up most of your budget. And then you've got, maybe you've got some left you can put towards a bit of an arena or whatever. Uh, you know, like a bit of a different venue, sorry, not an arena, but a venue. Yeah. And then you can say to the athletes, like, look, I was going to charge you 20 quid to the comp, but I'm going to make it 25 because I've got a venue now. Is that okay? Who the fuck's going to say no to a fiver to have a better venue? 
Uh, and then you can make a little bit of money that way. And, you know, it's, I just don't think it's, if you put the effort in the graph, then I don't think it's that much of an issue. I think what's happened with the strongman scene over the years is all these promoters have been going 10 years and I love them all. They've done amazing for the sport, but there's only so much that, you know, you can't be sprinting for 10 years and it's turned into the, it's just a bit of a plot now and it's the same shows, similar events, similar stuff every year and the sport isn't going in a direction. And I think that Craig handing it over to you is going to be really good for the sport, even if he hands it to somebody else. Shane, I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think he is, to be honest. Um, but anyway. What do you mean but, you don't think he is? Well, like, it's just, it's, well, there's been no, there's been no uh, conversation or anything like that. But anyway, I've got. Some... All right. Well, whatever. I just think it's. I've said this for years though. It's a, It needs to be a young man's game now. You know what I mean? That's what I think. The, the way this sport goes forward in the light, lightweight categories is the people that have, like people like me, for example, that grew up and competed in strongman underneath these promoters. We know the flaws and the things that we can change and the things that we can do better. We have a better understanding of using social media. We have a better understanding and connection with the network of people involved. So if we fucking grafted it, um, I think we can make it level up, basically. And and you already did that with the under 80s. And that was more of like a little bit of a... It was For you, it was almost like a bit of an experiment. It was like a bit of a tester, like... If, if I really tried and put effort into this, what would happen? And you managed to do all that. Uh, and now you've got a baseline level of competition. That I know what you're like. You'll want to do better than that the next time. Even if it's a 105 comp or a 90 comp, you'll want to be improving your you know, presentation of the comps and stuff. Yeah. Well, Well. anyway, what, whatever happens, like I, know, I know that I've got, in terms of running comps and stuff, I know that I've got a model that's going to 100% improve the sport, um, and it's going to it's going to force force the sport to improve. Because, say for instance, like, well, I've got some, I've got some ideas that we're going to going to regardless of what happens with um, um, going forward. Like, I've got. I've got some ideas that's actually going to a going to be able to make the sport directly better in terms of comps that I'm directly involved with, but b that's going to force other people who are running comps to raise the game. Um, you know, like a, a little bit like what you you were saying, a little bit like you said before about like say changing like say coaching and online coaching and stuff and um just basically raising raising the standard across the thing which is gonna it's just gonna mean that the that everybody else has to raise the game to keep up do you understand yeah. what I mean? um that's that that, that that's a great because like like you say it's uh because right i've got some fundamental things that i'm going to improve that i've that i've that started to show already but like I'm one of those people, but obviously people who know me closely like will back me up. The like I I I can't stand I, I hate it when people like are quite a negative and like pick holes in other other things and say, Oh, this is shit, this is shit, this is shit. 
I hate doing that because I suppose like I like to put my money where my mouth is kind of thing. And I like to like walk the walk and, you know, not just, not just say things like pick holes in things. I like to provide solutions to things and actually think, you know what, like this thing that I've, I've kind of noticed there's a problem in that little thing that could easily be fixed for years. Like I want to be, I want to be one of those people. Well, I am going to be one of those people that, that actually, actually makes a difference and provides a solution. And, um, and yeah, can, can definitely do that. And, but, and by the way, right, this, this is like, this, this is all constructive conversation by the way about the sport of strongman like it's not that I think some of the stuff that you've just said like could be I say some people could could take it in a, in a negative way but yeah but I mean it in a negative that's why I said no just I mean the thing is you know me Josh I just say the fucking the way yeah, yeah 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 and people get offended by the way I say stuff but it's just true like you know what I mean people people that have been running like Mark Cherry for example he has kind of been able to progress with the times, so to speak. Um, he's been able to run a, a, a different comp. He's, able to, he's been changing venue. I, I've done a couple of Mark Trey comps all over the place. So Mark's some money and he's been in it for years. But at the same time, I've done the Northern Qualifier uh, that Bob's ran for, and I'll, t- I'll say this to Bob's face, like usually the same thing. I do the same events. That's why I don't do under night in Northerns anymore because I find it, you know, I've not done it for like four, I think I had a three or four year break and then I went back and did it again. And I did the same events that I did the first time I did the Normans in like 2012. So, you know, of course I'm going to say, well, you don't, you don't change anything. You just do the same thing every year because it's literally been the same for 12 years. Um, and then England's under 90 used to be very similar until Ben France took it on. And then Ben France got, got it into Salt Air Sports Centre, we had an indoor venue, we had all this prize money, all these sponsors, all these things, you know, we had a videographer there, videoing it, all the old Englands are on YouTube. I mean, it's not as professional as what Official Strongman did, but it, it went there, and then um, and then it started getting run at, you know, by some time, I can't remember who ran it now, it's just like different promoters here and there, running Englands, and it just kind of got passed around and didn't ever progress from that. And I'm not saying those comps are bad, I'm not sort of say the bad, the fine. I'm just saying that, you know, in 2014, you were in an indoor arena. You had all these sponsors, all these prize monies. Used to, I remember people won like a, you know, like a, a under 80s, you won a Hoosafelt. I'm pretty certain there was like a Hoosafelt or some random uh, prize, you know, uh, uh, one of the Englands. And then there was um, just all these opportunities, basically. Uh, but then they, they just fizzled out because nobody grabbed that and improved on it. They just like grabbed it and were like, oh, I'm running England's now, I'll, I'll run it my way. And that's it. I'm not trying to say that it's bad that this is the thing. I'm just saying that I envision the sport in five years, under 90s, under 80s. I think that these athletes should be just as renowned and, you know, have little fans and shit. Like, just like the uh, open guys. Like, you know what I mean? It, that That's... And I just look at the sport and I go, are they ever going to get there if somebody who's uh, promoting it just runs the same comp? Like, for example, how many people know about England's Strongest Man on the night that, that just happened? Probably only the people that follow Lightweight Strongman. There's nothing like pushing it out there to everyone, is there? You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing. Yeah. And that, that's, that's mainly what I mean by 
a young man's game because these people that are running it that are a bit older than that, they don't fucking know what social media, they don't know how to run it. They don't, they don't know, you know what I mean? They can't advertise, they don't have pages. Look at the Ultimate Strongman page. That's brilliant, you know what I mean, for the Opens. And now they've got the Ultimate Strongman um, uh, women's comp coming up. Uh, the England Strongest Woman, I think it is, it's called. Um, they're going to be getting loads of stuff out, you know, loads of media. Look at look at Lucy in the last four weeks. Lucy's like fucking double the following, getting all these offers, all these opportunities, just because somebody pushed her in front of a load of people, a load of cameras, you know what I mean? Um, she got she turned up to comps the other day and was people asking her for photos and stuff. Um, you know, she's just watching the comp and she's like, I can't believe it. It's like proper weird, like people are asking me for photos. And I'm like, well, they should do because you're a fucking savage. I was like, but you were a savage before you pulled 300 and got in front of everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that nobody... Yeah, you, really you, know, you know what, Shane? You're fucking... You, you're right with that. It was funny uh, doing uh, Preston's comp the other day that was great, by the way. Um, and like, the, like someone asked for a photo with the twins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it should be the guys have got three fifty deads at fucking eighty world record deadlifts, and that the, the class as well. You know what I mean? They, they just this is what I mean. Like the more people like that get in front of the camera or if pushed on social media, and just out there and people view them, that's what's going to help the sport grow. Because as much as people like this is the thing that we laugh at. One of the guys who was I can't remember who it was. They called me the social media age, and oh, you just. You just run your business. You only you only have a good business because you're popular on social media. You only do this. I'm like, yeah, I did that on purpose. Like, I got popular on social media on purpose because, like, I know how the world works nowadays. I can't just pretend I don't like social media. I'm going to run my business successfully without it. So, well, no, it doesn't work like that. Like, people, like, the phone is like, the, or, or, or the internet is like the connection with every single person in the world instantly. And if you use it right, you can build stuff upon it. And this is the thing at the moment is if you get the twins out in front of everyone, like imagine if the twins got an opportunity to pull a, a deadlift at Giants Live or something because they were going to go for 480 kilos, which which wouldn't surprise me if in the next two years they were, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, they get on Giants Live, boom, social media explodes. All of a sudden, thousands of people that love Strom are like, what the fuck, there's an under-80 scene? Like, I didn't even know there was an under-80 scene. Now you might have an influx of competitors, influx of sponsors. You know what I mean? It's not that difficult to do it realistically when you when you, when you you break it down as simply as that. It's just, it's just literally you've got to put people like that in front of the camera. Like flashes social media. Official uh, Strongman shared his dumbbell. And um, he said his, media, his social media went mad. All these fucking coaching inquiries, all these messages, all this stuff, just because all these people that didn't know he existed saw him do something, saw him do something that we see him do every fucking Friday when he was dumbbell, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, fucking brilliant. And the, and the thing that, what, what I was going to say before, like you are saying about other people and stuff like it's not it's not like a negative thing like saying what other people are doing and whatnot but we just got to remember that this sport is fucking in it in its infancy so like people people saying that oh well this is how the way we should do it because this is the way it's always been done it, how, like how old is the sport it's like decades old it's not fucking centuries old is it it's not like you you're looking back to a hundred years ago and like 
it's just new. So all, all these new little twists and everybody can put their own positive spin on stuff. Like there's so much, so much opportunity for the, like the, the sport is just changing and developing all the time, isn't it? So people are like close to like seeing other ways that things can be run and, things uh, I don't know I don't mean negative I love all these cops like Bob's cop I love Bob's cop I'll still I'll, you know I'll still, I'd probably go do a Bob cop for a bit of fun if I wanted to it's just that I'm, I'm, I'd sit next to him eating fucking food with him and I'd say to him same thing like you comp's the same for 10 years and he'd probably laugh and say yeah it is I've not bought any more equipment because it's just the way it is and that's why all I'm, all I'm, all I'm saying with these things is like yeah it's not that they do anything wrong it's just that they've lost that drive to improve it because they've That's already cool. improved it loads they've already done you know it, you know what i mean it's, it's hard to do that to keep pushing and changing stuff for years and years yeah. i suppose the the answer of this is strongman kind of thing whereas i think the um i think that definition of this is strongman can be uh, can be completely well it's going to be completely changed in the next five five ten years and it's going to be like there's just so much so much opportunity to elevate it so much and um yeah i mean look the thing is in the last 3 to 5 years the online coaching business so we say around strongman yeah. has blown up okay this is the this is to me because i watch these things from fucking aside and i yeah. i look at like the way it goes and every strongman now gets coach and before, yeah. before that, there was always the thing of there's no money in strongman. There's no money. Yeah, in strongman. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. money in strongman. Now there is money in strongman, and you know where it's going to the fucking coaches, which is I, which is why I feel like we play. I've said this a lot, but we play a big part in the evolution of the sport because we need to make sure that we reinvest in areas that are going to improve it long term. Instead of just sitting back, you know, with meat pockets, being like, let's fucking, you know, this is great. There's loads of money in Strongman. Well, 80 people paying me or whatever, you know, it's like, well, yeah, they do, but you need to make sure that we're, uh, you know, reinvesting in the sport because that's why we can put a little bit of prize money on. We can, you know, get some kit. We can speak to sponsors and stuff and, you know, just wing stuff a little bit because... And, and basically just push the sport forward. Like imagine if there imagine if there was money in strongman, you know what I mean? Like it'd be good, it'd be great because you'd get you get a better athletes for starters, you know, like all the power lifters that go and do comps with, with, with prize money, they might be like, oh, there's a under 90 comp here. You know, you got Bilbo Swaggins, he he might be doing uh John Hack, he might be doing the under 90 worlds. Again, all this, all these bigger names. That's just more exposure to the weight classes and stuff, and it would just be. Uh, I don't know. I just think that I think strongman's class, and I think it should be fucking really popular. I reckon under eighties. That under eighties, if that was filmed like TV style, um, you know, and condensed into like three shows or something, I don't fucking know. I'd sit there and watch that. I thought it was fucking min. There was so much like good stuff going on. Um, the, but again, someone just needs to like start doing it. Yeah. So what? Um, the other thing as well, like give, give us an give us an update how how like your guys are doing, your clients are doing. We don't really t- we don't really talk about it on here, do we? But like, 
because I think we're both a bit modest, really, in what we're doing with people. But, like, we've both had fucking some, like, awesome sets of results recently. Like, yeah, you've had some mad stuff recently, haven't you? Fucking Tim, you need to slow Tim down. <laughs> but, like, like, say, for instance, you with, like, say, with the... Like the, what was it with the England Strongest Man qualifier, the Opens? How, how many qualified? Was it 10 MST lads? It was, well, it was 10, but then someone dropped out. So another one of my guys got in. So um, we got 11 going England Strongest Man, yeah. Fuck. Which is pretty fucking class. Uh, ha- literally half the field, well, more than half the field is MST lads, which is pretty cool. Um, because I was literally known three years ago well, maybe even two years ago, as a lightweight strongman coach, like opens wouldn't touch me. And now it's weird. Like I pretty much mainly coach opens. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Just kind of like flipped that way. Started getting a few. And then I, I maybe had about 10 when Luke R came on. And then I think the Luke R kind of just like opened up the... You know, it opened up conversation with opens guys. They'd already spoke to me a little bit. Yeah. They were a bit reluctant because they were like, oh, he mainly he makes you do this, he makes you do that. It's for lightweights. And then they come on and go, oh, I actually needed to do that stuff that I've been avoiding. Well, that's, it's like so, that's the social proof, isn't it? Like they look at they look around and they see that so the other big bigger guys doing these kind of methods that other people don't do. And then everybody's lifts are blowing up and the like all, all the aspects of strongman are, are improving. Yeah. So we had, we had a couple of good things recently. We had, we had Mark Felix at Worlds. I was really, really buzzing with uh, his performance. I know he didn't qualify to the final, but what I was happy with was there were so many weak areas that he had in his game that I'd been working on. Like the medley, for example, I'd been really hammering his medley, really hammering his forward hold, um, and I knew the pressing was going to hold him back. And we were really unfortunate on the train push because, um, I mean, it wouldn't have made any difference looking back anyway because he would have still been in the stone off against Tom. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's a tough spot to be in that. But um, it was a train pull. So we'd been training train pull, and he was really good at it. We'd been on a sled and stuff, so it's a little, little different, but it's a really good event for him is that pull because with like the rope as well, he's got crazy strong grip and, you know, for him changing that to a train push and making you go behind the train and push it, uh, he's not the biggest guy there as well. So it kind of slightly was a bit of a, it was a change that fucked him over a little bit, basically, and coming last in that, whereas I think he could have won that. It, well, actually, it wouldn't have changed anything because he was still in stuff, but I was really buzzing with Mark's performance because Obviously, when he came to me, he was on a decline in strength and performance because of his because of his age and his training methods. He's on a decline. So for me to be able to flick him and start him going on an incline again uh, and manages like I've never trained someone that or he probably never will. He's very unique because he's obviously he's old, but he's very strong. So managing his recovery was like a bit of a, what's the word, a learning curve for me. Like, I had to just basically wing it and figure it out as I go. 
And I felt like I got into a good stride with him the last kind of eight weeks to Worlds. And I was just buzzing with his performance, to be honest. I was really proud. And then obviously Luke's was a bit disappointing with the injury. Uh, I'm really, really gutted for him. Uh, but I'm hoping that he, you know, is able to do the recovery period and stuff and and uh, get, get over that uh, mentally, not just physically. Physically, you can always get over them things, but mentally it's like difficult. And then we had Lucy pull the 300 kilo deadlift record as well. Um so yeah, recently over the last kind of six to eight weeks or something, we've had quite a lot of good good results. Flash with the dumbbell record under 80. Um yeah. and coming fourth, I think he came. Or fifth, was it? I don't know. Uh yeah, with loads of good stuff. And you've had you've had a good run as well, haven't you? Well, you you yourself and uh clients as well. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been really good. But like like you like you you said like most of your say your kind of niche like the open open level top level open guys um whereas whereas my i suppose my passion is like the the lightweights like under 80s under 90s under 63 like under 64s whatever like i just i, I just love it absolutely love it but yeah do, done well done well at the under 80s i think we had like do we have five, five in the top five who made it to the top 10 um, one or two lads just outside, um, and I did did well at the under ninety. So I won England's, and then we had Jake and Dan. They were very close behind third and fourth. Um, Is it settled in that England's win yet? Say again. Is it settled in that England's win? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Like, yeah, just had like mind mindset shift since it really. You proud? Yeah, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, because because like like I'm proud because not because I think I'm fucking strong or an animal or anything like that, but it's just because like I said I was gonna do it a while ago. Yeah. And like I wasn't in any. It wasn't like an emotional commitment to saying oh what win England it was like a really well thought out thing that look I'm gonna do it I'm not gonna I'm not bothered how long it, it's gonna take but I am I am going to do that and that and then since then like I feel like <clears throat> like my, my, my next big goal what I've been thinking about for well not necessarily next but like a big goal is to to win a world championship in strongman I have been in strongman a long time. I've seen a lot of people who train hard. All right. I've, I know I've seen people that I always thought to myself, fuck me, you train hard. But Josh trains harder than anybody. Not Well, not hard. I won't say harder because people are going to get the wrong idea. Josh trains more intelligent, more volume frequency more often, and just better than anybody that I've ever really come across in his application to the way he does um you know the, the the strongman training he does he's not shy to come in and spend four hours doing light stuff that people wouldn't even bother doing because he knows that he needs the recovery but he wants to continually improve so he'll go in and just spend fucking an hour with an empty log practicing his fucking you know, return on his split jerk, making sure he's stepping in the right place or whatever, you know, he'll, he'll do that stuff. And it's not just a one, I mean, anyone who follows him on Instagram knows 
I see people do stuff like that as a one-off. Oh, I'm coming in, I'm doing this this thing, and they'll put it all over the gram and make a big deal out of it. Josh just does it every single week for the last fucking like two years. Yeah, it's been pretty, so when he three, wins, three oh, just over three years now. I've trained three exactly, years. exactly like that. Because when he won England, I thought, you know what? No one in the world can say that you didn't deserve that. Like literally, no one, even if they fucking don't like you. No one can say anything about that because it was just, I think it was really well-deserved and well-earned. And I think you should be fucking, you know, proud and chuckle yourself. Because I don't know anybody that could have done what you did as consistently. Like sometimes I've seen you like be, during Corona and stuff, you'd be like moving your gym out and spending fucking 12 hours, well, 12 hours telling other people to move it probably, but 12, 12 hours grafting the gym. And then you'd go and hit your session fucking afterwards at silly o'clock and you're in the broom room and you know what I mean I just think that you not not all the excuses that were presented to you you didn't take any of them and you just continued on and I think it's fucking class mate so well done yeah that's it it's just like kind of what what I keep saying like with a lot of the other guys who've done well recently it's all it's been all the guys that have done well recently it's been They've been reaping the fruits of the labour recently. Like it appears that the oh you've you oh you're on form at the minute or whatever, and it's just like th- these are guys that have been doing a similar similar thing to me for just been like relentlessly consistent and yeah like, other little knockbacks or whatever. It don't fucking matter. You still turn up and we just modify this and you still we still keep going forward. And that's everybody, my kind always, of- everybody always looks at the peak though, don't they? Like when, when you're peaking towards a comp or you do a good performance in a comp, they look at the acute training and go, what have you done recently to do that? Instead of being like going yeah. back three years and being like, I've been doing the same thing for three years. It's just. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. I, some people sometimes message me on Instagram saying, Oh God, you, you're looking strong at the minute or you're on foot. Your, your thing looks good at the minute. And I'm like, fuck me it like offends me it offends me it's like well nothing nothing there's there's never like i can't take big jumps i can't recover from taking fucking massive jumps in there you know i can't just decide that i'm gonna put five percent on what i did last week like i I just can't do it i'll fucking kill myself but it's just like it's just always like one percent improvement across the board every week that's that's my kind of philosophy but, but anyway, this kind of like mad approach that people have been looking at me training for the last couple of years and saying, you know, you've, you're fucking mad. Like, how do you recover doing that? Blah, 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 blah. Well, I've now been, I've, I've, I've got like a proven track record with doing it with clients as well now. Yeah. And seeing the, you, you know, like say, what was I saying? So that's so like done, done well at the under 80s, done well at the under 90s. There was like about five or six of us who did in Guns Final under 90s. Um, the B- BNSF under 90s, we had the guy who won that, Craig Lewis. Um, the, the guy at the weekend won the Wales under 90s and came third against the untested lads as well. Uh, Bradley, he was great. Um, and then at the Souths we had uh, Dan Benson who won the who won the South, and then at the North there was me and Jake who came second and third to Pigman who was great. Um, and then at the BNSF under eighties we had Joe and Tim uh, Tim and Joe first and second. Um, 
we've got a couple, couple of lads doing the the 105 spritz UKs. That'll be interesting to see how those lads uh, those lads get on. Um, but again, we were just following like a similar kind of methodology. Like people are seeing that them kind of those lads train and think, "Fuck me!" Like it, like if it, people look at it and don't understand everything that's written down, it it probably just looks like madness. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not like you kind of. Uh, your deadlift session, then your assistance work, and then you've got your overhead day and then your bench day. It's like, it just seems like, probably seems like chaotic to the untrained eye. But when you Imagine see it, you pick it as like, right, this is your overhead for the day and you're working on this. And, and the goal of that is to come away with like a better, maybe it's building volume or a better split jerk position or whatever, but they're building a skill that's applicable to something they can apply in a competition. Is that kind of more... Yeah, it, it, it's like, like, my, like my philosophy is like practice, practice the thing that's going to be, pr- practice the, the sport that, you, that you're competing in. That, that Somebody had overhead, sandbag carries, and then, you know, fucking whatever, dumbbell or something, I don't know. They're ticking off three skills of the sport, aren't they? But you couldn't say that you're doing, I'm doing overhead with sandbag assistance, and then, you know, they're just doing overhead work for their axle, building the skill on front carries over distance or whatever, and then they're working on the, the dumbbell or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like say, for instance, if they're doing a session like that, it might be do, they're doing their axle as the main lift where they're going for, like, a neural response, say, and then, um, and then they, they might be, say, doing some volume accumulation with a different kind of thing. And then when they're fucked, they might be doing some, um, instead of doing some like mindless assistance exercise where they're thinking about going home for tea, we're giving it, we're giving them something to, to concentrate on that's going to make them sharper when they come to go for the neural response three days later on that specific exercise. They're fucking red up with the, the kind of positioning yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, like I suppose the, the kind of, more improvement, I, I, I suppose the more success I've had as a coach, like the, the kind of less exercises that I've given the client really and more specific stuff and just honing in on doing the stuff that matters the most a lot better uh, and manipulating the intensity. So obviously um, to facilitate recovery and stuff. Um, I'll ask you a question I want you to write it down because I want you to answer this next week because I know it's going to be a long answer <laughs> but your opinion on because your training method is yeah. obviously quite unique but it would be more to do with the questions to do with like have you noticed a difference in response from natural athletes to enhanced and if so like you know explain it well we'll go over that next week because that's a good question but um yeah yeah cool um and then with the yeah we'll talk about that next time um and then also the the girls as well like um molly's done really well this weekend um she's been competing she came joint well joint first on points at bnsf under 75s is it um and just just brilliant over the over like a like in terms of progress like last year at England she did it was 60 log and she did 60 for one and then uh, 
what did she do on Saturday? 55 log and she did 11 reps, floor to overhead. Um, fucking madness. Um, that's, that's some improvement, isn't it? A de- deadlift, um, she did, we did Europe a couple of years ago. She did 140 for three, suited, missed the fourth. Yesterday, uh, on Saturday, she did 140 for 11, raw, stiff bar. Raw? Powerlifting plates. Fucking unbelievable. That's a good set now. What's a max pull at the moment? Well, what well, most she's done is like one, oh, 170 raw and one eight seven and a half in the suit. Oh, uh, crazy. So she's a she's a another one you might be able to tick off as a 200 kilo. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. And uh, but 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 again, just see like oh, yeah, and like the yoke that she did the other day, what was it, 165? Uh, similar to me at the BNSF the other day, like it was just sig- like significantly above second place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just so easy for her because she'd just been training a bit of yoke every week for the last couple of years. She's doing like fucking 250 yoke for a couple of sets in training. It's mad, it's mad honestly. Um Oh, and she did uh, 105 for two stone PB on Sunday. Um, and then uh, Shannon's doing really well. She pulled two, two, ten for, two, ten for two the other day. Um, yeah, she's going well, isn't she, deadlift? Yeah. Going for the Axel World Record on Saturday. Um, you already did that in training, didn't you? Yeah, but she, she's doing it at the Fit Expo. So hopefully going to... going to make it official, yeah. 97.5, then 100, hopefully. Um, but yeah, she she'd been doing great. Like she was kind of stuck at that two hundred range on deadlift when we started. She was about struggling with like eighty overhead, like doing eighty, but it was ropey. Whereas if you watch her doing fucking eighty now, it's ridiculous on log axle. But she did the other day. I think she did four sets of five at eighty log the other day. Yeah, fucking mad strong, really. Mad good, strong. good going that, isn't it? Um, but yeah, just like look, these guys following this similar kind of principles, and um, and 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 the key key thing is as well what all these guys have in common is like the re- the recovery capacity. Like it's just pe- people. I, I said a bit on my story yesterday that yeah, as I was say, it's like, like what you said on your story, isn't it? You uh, you guys like you and you and Tim and uh, Joe have done. Like, Three is it three comps you've done in in a space of two two or three weeks or maybe yeah. a bit longer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most That's guys would need uh, most guys would be wanting to take oh, I need a week off before and a week off after. Yeah, and you can't um, even fucking fit anything in. And and that's it. And like, and don't, don't get me wrong, because the like, I'm a bit different to some people. Like, my big goal is like the official strongman games worlds in November, and it has been that. That's all I've been bothered about this year. Even so much as like going to England and that. Like, whereas last year I was like kind of all into it, and that was the kind of peak and the pinnacle for me, because to like establish myself. Like this year, it's about official strongman games. So like. I'm not. I'm not taking any. I'm not not like resting before any comps that I'm doing. I'm doing comps to gain experience and blah 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 blah. But I'm not taking like like days off. In I'm not taking days off my my training program. Do you know what I mean? So um, so like last week, for instance, I did like did some form of deadlift. I think 
seven days out of eight, I think I did last week. Um, and then on Sunday, I was buzzing, did the 15-inch axle for 280 for five. Fucking buzzing. Um, but yeah, the, the the point is that I'll, I'll go and like, all, all these guys that are trained, they'll go and compete and, and they're keen to train the next day and the they're moving on to the kind of next phase and yeah we might have to back off a little bit and give them a give them more of a like skill focus in a session but the point is like if people if people turn around to me and say they're, they're fucked or my knees fucked or my shoulder fucked like it alarms me and like we have to change things up do you know what I mean yeah anyway we're fucking talking shit now but nice to catch up anyway Shane I'll see you next week bud yeah, solid 20 minutes that, Josh. All right, bud. See you, mate. See you, mate.